Amen. 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 Thank you. I'm just um, going to read the passage that my husband is going to preach from this morning. And it's in the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. And I'm going to be reading from Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. There was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife, and he said, she is my sister, for he was afraid to say she is my wife, because he thought, least the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, quite obviously, she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, because I said, least I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the people might soon have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people saying, he who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called them by the names which his father had called them. Amen.
Hallelujah. You are the blessed of the Lord. Yeah, you are the blessed of the Lord. You know, uh, I'm getting you to say that because in this passage, even Isaac's enemies came and recognized it. If you're a Christian, you are the blessed of the Lord. You are the blessed of the Lord. Now, I believe one of the things that the religious spirit doesn't want to talk about is the blessing of the Lord. But we need the blessing of the Lord on our lives. And in fact, God has shown me the, the power of it many, many times. When people can see, actually, actually see the tangible blessing, the hand of God upon your life with all its benefits... It affects even nations. Psalm 67 is my favorite psalm. It's a psalm I based my ministry on. God be merciful to us and bless us. What is the blessing? Cause his face to shine upon us. What's the purpose of the blessing? That your way may be known on earth and salvation on the nations. Goes on to say in verse 5, let all the peoples praise you. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. In other words, there's a time where all the nations, all the ends of the earth will see the blessing of God is so great on your life that then they'll want to serve your God. That's God's plan. I often say God wants to bless your socks off. But the blessing of God is not cheap. It is not cheap. And in this passage, you see, this is a time where God says to Abraham, he says, if you dwell in this land, I'll be with you and I will bless you. Verse 12 said the Lord blessed him. And it says in the end, even his, the blessing was so great that even his enemies came to say, now we see you are the blessed of the Lord. Because they could actually see the tangible sign of God's blessing upon his life. And God wants you to desire to come into that place. where, Because Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, is all about who, is, who God will bless. And you can be loved by God, but not necessarily blessed by God. Because blessing of God is always conditional. But God wants you to leave here today knowing you are blessed and how to be more blessed. The word blessed means highly favored by God. And not everybody is favored by God. And favor is not fair. God favors his children on the basis of his word. But God wants us to be so favored and so blessed. Who was here Friday? Wasn't that an extraordinary meeting? I had people ringing, texting me Monday, Saturday morning, saying how much God had done. Praise God. Healing meetings. They're so powerful. I've digressed. But I'm speaking today about the blessing of God and how God said to this man, Isaac. Isaac, the son, first son of Abraham, he said to him, uh, it's very interesting. There's degenerational curses and there's generational temptations and there's generational blessings. And Abraham was tempted to go down to Egypt and he did when there was a famine. Some people think that was a good thing. I personally don't think it was a good thing because when it came to Isaac, same temptation happened. The Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt because there was a drought. But live in the land which I shall tell you. Dwell in the land and I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your servants I'll give these lands. 
I will bless you and I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I'll give you descendants all these lands and in your seed all the nations shall be blessed because of Abraham. And because he heard that word, God said, do not go down to Egypt. Do not go down to Egypt, but stay in Gerar. It says, Isaac obeyed God and he dwelt. Instead of going to the place, Egypt always was fertile because it had the Nile. He stayed in the place of famine simply because God told him. And later on, because he did that, the Bible says that God began. Look at this. He sowed in the land. God began to prosper him. He continued to prosper him. He became very prosperous. He had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Lord, so the Philistines envied him and started to stop up his wells. Now, when God blesses you and God gives him your favor and he prospers you, so you prosper and prosper, prosper, it can include the material realm, but not always. Prosperity can include the material, but it begins, it's called prosperity of soul. God wants you to bring you, bring you into a place where you are so right with him, you are so in line with God, you're so walking as he wants you to walk, that you have constant peace, constant joy in your soul, even when there's problems. And when you walk in that state, it affects every part of your life, your family, your work, even your finances. That's what, that's what called it prosperity is. And it's not just material because you can have a $10,000 bed and not be able to sleep and you're not prosperous. But it can include and it will affect the favor and the blessing of God will affect ultimately you materially. So the blessing of God can be a material thing. It will, it will affect your material life. But this man in this passage, he, he's, he's living in a land of famine. He's living in a land of drought. But wherever he goes, he digs and he finds waters where others can't. You see it over and over again. The people become, he's, he's, uh, he's prospering so much, his enemies become envious and they stop up the wells which his fathers had dug in the days of Abraham. And Isaac, in verse 18, redug again the wells of water which the, had been dug in the days of his father. And it says that he dug, and then the enemies came and said, this well that you've dug, because he found water, he says it's ours. They took his first well off him. He dug again. They took that well, and then he dug a third time, and he was able to keep that. But the enemy was taking his wells because they couldn't find water. But this man, Isaac, was able to find water wherever he went. And water in the, in the Scriptures, if you go through the, the Scriptures, water... Oil always symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And someone who is blessed by God knows how to draw water, knows how to access the Holy Spirit, not in a certain place. Wherever you go, you know how to draw wells, water from God's wells. That's what someone who is blessed looks like. And not only that, you will be successful where many other peoples failed. The Philistines kept failing over and over and over and over and over again. But God made his man successful in finding that water. And in this place, it says that Abraham, sorry, Isaac, in verse 23, he's digging his wells. He's staying in the place God told him to stay. The enemies are coming against him. But in verse 24, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not fear, I am with you. I'll bless you and multiply you. The blessing of God 
is all about not only the wells, it's about the visitations and the manifestations of God. If you are somebody who God visits at night, wakes up and says, come down into the secret place, you're blessed. If you are someone who has dreams and visions, you are the blessed of the Lord. And if you don't, you've got to seek them. Because the Bible says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit and dreams and visions will happen. God wants to meet you. He wants to meet you. He wants to give you divine encounter, not just know about him. He wants to give you Holy Ghost encounters where you said, I met with God this morning in my secret place. And that is the blessing of God. This man was so blessed that God turned up. He saw God. He met with God. God wants to do you the same thing. And you know, he, he had, this man was blessed and he started to prosper. And you know what happens when God starts to bless your ministry? God's blessed your, best, bless your business. We think everything's going to go so well. But what it produces is envy. Philistines saw him. He began to prosper. He had said, possessions of flocks, possessions of herd. And the Philistines envied him and stopped up his wells. And the enemy came and said, go away from us. You are much mightier than we. See, they don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't know God and they see something. But you know what happens? This is what happens. Even in uh, uh, where Isaac fails and he offers his wife to Abimelech, just like Abraham did, just like generational sin. Abimelech says he's done this. But don't touch him. Because God is able, it's, it's, it's happened in the spirit. He actually puts this thing on people where they're afraid to touch you. Touch not my anointed, nor do my prophets no harm. So he's got, he's got enemies. But when you are blessed by God, your enemies are only temporary. There comes a time where Isaac's enemies, they come. At the end, Abimelech came to him. This Abimelech first sends him away. He says, get away from us. We don't want you anywhere near us. But in the end, in verse 26, Abimelech came to him with two friends. And he says, Abraham says, Isaac says, why have you come to me since you hate me and sent me away? Your enemies can hate you and send you away. But they said, we have seen God is with you. Let there now be an oath between us, between you. Let's make a covenant. And do us no harm. See, the enemies are afraid of this man. This single man, this king has become afraid of him. We have not touched you since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. That's a misinterpretation. They sent him away and they hated him. And he says, now you are the blessed of the Lord. And see... Here he is, his enemies who sent him away. Now they come to honor him. And now they see that God's hand is upon his life. Now down the track they see how God's used him. Now they see that God was really with him all the time. Now they come and they're afraid and they want friendship and they honor him. That's what the Bible says. A blessed man. When a man's ways please God, even his enemies will be at peace with him. Yes. Ultimately, your enemies will see the blessing of God and acknowledge that God is with you and be at peace with you. Now, here's a man also. He's blessed, but he fails. He succeeds by not going to Egypt, but he fails when he sees 
uh, the type of land it is. They're not Christians. They're not God-fearing. He did what Abraham did. He became afraid. And he said uh, well, to, to, his, to his wife, moved out of fear and not faith, and said, pretend you're my sister. And then, of course, Abimelech takes the, the woman, and, and they discover it, and they say, man, this is so bad. You know, the men could have raped her or whatever. And he said, we would have caught shame on us. And so his sins got found out. But I tell you, when you're, when you're blessed of God, that's what happens. Other people can sin and get away with it. You can't. <laughs> Every sin you do, it gets exposed. Every sin you do, it gets found out. Sooner or later, you get found out. But you know why God does that? When you're blessed, you get found out. That's so that you continue to repent. You don't become slaves of those sins. Because sin can enslave you, and God doesn't let you get enslaved to your lying. He doesn't let you get enslaved to your stealing. He'll expose it, and he'll expose it so you can repent of it and not become enslaved by it. And to be blessed by the God is to have your sin exposed. And sometimes we think someone who's blessed doesn't have any problems. This man had trials. He had all the way. He had enemies who hated him. He had people who wanted him to move away. They didn't want anything to do with him, but he was blessed of God. It can be like that. Your own family cannot have want anything to do with you, but you are the blessed of God. People can hate you, but you are blessed of God. You say, my God, I know. He visits me. I know him. He's prospering me. I have prosperity of soul. It doesn't matter what they hate me. It doesn't matter they send me. It really doesn't matter. I've been sent away, but God is with me. That's what it is to be blessed. You'll have opposition. You can have enemies and still be blessed. And sometimes you can be blessed and still have family problems. At the end of this passage, it speaks about Esau. 40 years old, he took wives, Judith and Berry. So he was blessed, but not everything was perfect. God had blessed him, but he had family dramas. There's plenty of people in the scriptures, like Samuel. His kids were problematic. But you can be blessed and still have opposition. You can still have trials. You can still have people who hate you. And you can still have family dramas. They don't in Blessing of God does not exclude trials. Prosperity of God does not exclude trials. Oh, but God wants you. God wants you to get you in that place where people say, I see the blessing of God on you. You know, I, I just don't want to talk about myself, but I have to here. Because this happened to me once. This happened to me. I was doing, a, uh, I was doing an outreach down at, uh, what's it called? Terrigal Surf Club. I was preaching on a box down there in the early. Just stand up in the box preaching. And a man yelled out. <laughs> Across the street, he said, Oh, Pastor Martin W., you are so blessed of God. His man had actually had said some nasty things about me. So it's real. Your enemies, people who are temporarily your enemies, ultimately see God is with you. He's really using you. He's really upon you. So what brings the blessing of God upon your life? What brought the blessing of God why did, it wasn't just because of his father, although a godly father is a great advantage. It says, because if Abraham obeyed my voice, I'm going to bless Isaac. That's how powerful your obedience is. It flows over to your children. Yes, it does. 
You're obeying God, not just for this life. You're obeying God for the next life. It's going to come after you. But I'll tell you why God blesses somebody who doesn't bless other people, and it's not difficult. God turns up to Abraham, Isaac, and he says to him, do not do what your father did. Your father wasn't perfect. Do not go down to Egypt. Now, Egypt is a place where it seems like it's good. He's in famine. He's in a place of drought. But in Egypt, they have the Nile and there's fertility. And it's a place of where it looks like there's blessing. And it looks, and it's really convenient. Staying in this hard place is difficult with God. And the convenient place is easy. And there will come a time when every believer's life that you get the test of Isaac. You get your Egypt. When your flesh looks at an opportunity and says, that looks all right. And God says, no. It's convenient and it looks like it's going to bless you. It's got a Nile there. It could be a relationship. It could be a job. It could be a person, a place. And it looks like, and everyone else says, go there. And God says, don't. I was once offered a, a place in America. A man offered me a million-dollar job. He was a Christian. And the Holy Spirit said, don't. Best decision we ever made. But there will be times where God actually, you get an opportunity and your flesh says, I can get out. I can get into it. And God turns up and just says, no. It's called a check in the spirit. Strong check. And I tell you what, the, the blessing of God is not difficult. There is no blessing of God known without obedience. You cannot get blessed by God unless you pay the price when your flesh really wants it, and you say, I'm going to die to it. I'm going to crucify my flesh today, and I'm going to obey God. I want to tell you, when you're tested like that, it's, and you, you, a little further down the track, I'm a bit older, it is so exciting because you know God is positioning you for a blessing. Whenever you're in that place, you think, I'd, I'd, my flesh wants to go here, but I know God is testing me. It is so exciting. I know I want that thing. I want it, but I know God's saying no. He is testing you, and if you pass it, he's going to bless the socks off you. And if not, you're going to have to go around the mountain for a long time again. So we get blessed through obedience. There's no other way. Every blessing is conditional upon obedience. He said, do not go to Egypt, dwell in the land, then I'll be with you and bless you. Only after God sees the obedience does he release the blessing upon your life. Then in verse 23, sorry, verse 25, it says, After he found water the third time, he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord and he bitched, pitched his tent there. I want to tell you the secret to blessing, second secret to blessing is a family altar. This is a place, an altar is a place where you come. Altars in the old days are place sacrifices were often sacrifice and people called upon God and when we have a family altar it's called the secret place and we come and every day we offer ourselves a living sacrifice to God and say oh God I love you oh God and God I need you every day and you have that place you open the word of God in your secret place and you wait for God to speak to you I want to tell you that is the place you not only bless the blessing flows to your whole family 
a family altar. It's not enough to come to church. And if your children do not see you in the morning, early with the Word of God or seeking the face of God. When I grew up, my children used to see me at 4 a.m. on my face, prostate. If they don't see you like that, don't blame them when they don't worship God. Don't blame them when they don't walk away. If they, if all they've seen is religion. But you've got to have that family altar. It is so powerful. And place where you go to seek. You know why? Because God either accepts or rejects your worship. Doesn't accept everyone's worship. He says to some people, your lips make the noise, but your heart's far from me. But you've got a family altar, not just a church attend. That means you're a real worshiper, and God will accept your worship, and he'll bless you. We're getting real this morning. And here he is. This man has enemies, like we have enemies. Because I want to tell you, the prosperity and the blessing of God provokes enemies. It provokes envy. It just does. People speak out against you because of jealousy. Here's these people, they're speaking out against him. Sending Isaac away. Doing all the wrong things by him. And when he goes to dig his wells, because you need wells. The whole community needs wells in the desert. Canaan's a desert place. You don't have wells. You don't have water. Nothing lives. He's digging up these wells. And by the way, they're his father's wells in the first place. And the enemy has come and stopping them up. Not only are they stopping them up, that this is going on for years. This is chapter 26 goes for years. He's digging wells. Takes a long time to dig a well. Takes a lot of effort. And he keeps persevering. Keeps persevering. Keeps persevering. And then when he finally finds water, the enemy comes and says, this is ours. This is ours. What does he do? Walks away. Digs another one. You know, a serpent rises up when you tread on it. But a man of God doesn't. They're coming against him, doing the wrong thing over and over and over and over, sending him away, hating on him, stealing his stuff. How's he respond? When they come to make a covenant with him, king comes, the king of his enemies comes, says this. Isaac says when he says, and why have you hated me and sent me away? And they say, we have certainly seen the Lord is with you. So he said, let there now be an oath between us and the covenant. You may do us no harm since we've not touched you and since we have done nothing to you but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. That was not exactly true. It says they envied him, they hated him, and they sent him away. How did he respond? It says that he made a feast, and they ate and drank, and they rose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another, and Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. That's extraordinary. The power of a gentle, long-suffering, forgiving spirit that actually desires to be at peace. The Bible says, as far as possible, be at peace with all men. But when someone steps on you, when someone hates you, and you get the time, maybe you're on top and, they're, 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 and they actually come and say, well, 
A lot of people will turn around and say, yeah, you did it to me. Yeah, you deserve it. Yeah, this, that, and the other. And they take their opportunity to be vengeful and spiteful back. But Isaac had a different spirit. He was gentle. He was long-suffering. He walked away when they stole his stuff. The Bible says if someone takes your coat, let them have it. They ask you to go one mile, go two. He had that spirit where he just said, I trust God. You can have it. I'm not going to fight for it. Don't fight for things. Don't fight for things because if God's going to bless you, he's going to bless you. When you fight for it, you're in unbelief. If it's going to come to you, it's going to come to you. Third time, he got his well. Often, you know, we, we, oh, you, Christians who defend their rights, they give me the hump. They really do. It's like, do you believe God oversees everything? He watches over everything. This man was so blessed, and, and the, uh, one of the keys was that long-suffering. Long-suffering. Patient. Gentle nature that he has. Oh, God, make me more gentle. Such power in it. Desire to be at peace. Just be at peace with people. And it says here, when he, 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 God says, don't go to Egypt. Jirah is for you. So there is a place for you to get blessed. There is a geographical place for you to get blessed. God's interested in every aspect of your life. You know that? Even where you live. Every aspect is interested. And there's a place. And God says, not always, but you know, you're free to live anywhere and just obey God. But every now and then he'll say, here, with me. He said, not America, Central Coast. So for us, this is the place where we have been blessed and will be blessed. But when you're in that place, it's important when he was in that place, it says, in the middle of a drought, in the middle of a famine, he sowed. And he reaped a hundredfold. Now that's impossible in the natural, because it was a famine. But the Bible speaks about sowing unto the Spirit. And you cannot prosper and reap if you don't sow. It's the greatest law of God. It starts right in Genesis 6. There is no such thing as reaping if you don't sow. You cannot be someone who is surrounded by loving friends and people if you will not be a loving friend and someone to somebody else. Once ministered to a lady who said later in her life, she said, I'm so lonely, I've got no friends. I said, tell you what, how to get out of that. It says, go to the hospital and find people that are really in bad trouble. Just sit there and be their friend. You'll have a hundred friends if you do that. But you've got, you got to put yourself where God has you. I often say to people, when they come to join this church, I say, they say, you want to talk about should they join or not? I say, well, did God lead you here? Well, then join because you've got to be in the place where God... But don't just join and sit there like a lamb and sow your life into it. Use your gift. Give your money. I want to tell you, you know, after COVID, this church... I, I spoke to a pastor last week. He's not a pastor, he's an elder. And I spoke to him and he spoke about how this church closed after COVID and that church closed and this church lost two-thirds of its people and this church, you know, in financial trouble couldn't afford their building anymore. I want to tell you, this church in COVID 
gave more money to the poor than we ever gave. This church right now is still in healthy shape. You know why? Because we're a church that sows. Most of the income that comes in goes into the broken, the poor nations, the ones who are ungospel. We sow and we sow and we sow and we sow because that there'll never be a lack in this church. But you need to sow in the place where God puts you. And you will. Bible says God will not be mocked. In the right time, you will reap your harvest. You will. And it says here, so this man obeyed God, had an altar, didn't respond vengefully to his enemies, had long-suffering nature, sowed in the place God gave him. But there's a major feature throughout this whole passage. It's all about wells. Whole passage is about wells. And it's like this man, he knows about Abraham's well. And it's like he knew there was almost like a magical mystery which connects the well to the blessing of God. A well to the blessing of Abraham. His father dug wells, built altars, and was blessed. If that's all you ever do in your life, dig wells and build altars, you're going to be pretty good. His father dug wells. And see, wells are places. Wells, water, water, Holy Spirit. They're places where the presence of God is. They're places, a well is the place where the glory of God will manifest. It's where Jesus said in John 4.14, John 4, listen to these words. He said, a, water, a woman who came for physical water, he said, whoever drinks of that water will thirst again, but the water they are giving will become in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. So that well is the Holy Spirit. That well is the manifest presence of the living God. And this man was just going after it and going after it and digging and digging and digging. Why do you think that was? I'll tell you why. It says, uh, well, just a moment ago, those, those wells represent the Holy Spirit. I said that. And his father had dug wells. But you know what happened? The enemy stopped up the wells. The enemy stopped up the family well. And what happens? You can have a flow of the Holy Spirit. You can be in the presence of God. You can be so connected to God, so receiving and getting in that secret place and God pouring out His blessing. But then the enemy comes and stops up your well with the busyness of life, with the deceitfulness of riches, with the, with the deceitfulness of a life of leisure. And all of a sudden, your well has become stopped up. He's put dirt and debris. I was once doing a crusade in uh, one part of the world, which I won't say, and I had a dream. I wasn't happy with where, how the meetings were going. And I'm thinking that we're just getting a little bit of God here, but where's the glory? Where's the open heaven? Where's the manifest? And I had a dream that night that I was traveling down a river. The river always represents the Holy Spirit, and it was not clear. It was murky. And I knew it represented. I had people around me who were traditional and religious. And the river had become 
stopped up. So you've got to take stock. You've got to say, I've got to get rid of the debris and get in that free open place again. Get rid of the things that are stopping up your well. Do there things that do stop up the well? Laziness, addiction to your phone, TV watching forever, stop it up. Things that keep you from your altar, stop up the well. Disobedience stops up the well. And every now and then, you've got to redig that well. And this man re-dug the worlds, re-dug the worlds. But I want to tell you, sir, he was re-digging the worlds. The enemy was stopping him up. You know, you've got to go after the Holy Spirit. You've got to persevere. When the enemy stops up the well, you've got to go again. The enemy stops up the well, you've got to go again. You've got to say, I am desperate to live in the presence of God. That's all I want is to be in that well. doesn't matter what's happening. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to go after the presence of God till I find him. You know the people that do that, the presence of God's the most important thing in their life. I want to tell you, Jesus said, I didn't come to give you life. I came to give you abundant life. That means that everybody else just lives a natural life in this world. Every believer, every unbeliever lives a natural life. But if you are connected to Jesus, you live a different type of life. You live a rich life. Not easy, but you live a life with the favor of God upon you. You live a blessed life. That's what an abundant life is. Your life is dripping with the blessings of God. Visitations. Enemies. Not overcoming you. Prosperity, even material. Sins getting found out. You're a blessed man. You're, you, you live an abundant life. You know what the key to the abundance is? If you look at this man, everything he did prospered. From the, the, the time he was born to the time he dies, he has abundance. Sows in a famine, and he reaps a hundredfold in the year of a famine. That's supernatural. God can do that with your business. Yes, he can. I've seen it. Read Faith Like Potatoes. It's real. It's a movie. But here I'm going to tell you, the key. In Genesis chapter 25, if you go back a chapter, verse 11, it says, It came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahoroi. Now, who knows what Beer Lahoroi is? No, it's not heaven. It is a well. There's a time where Hagar ran away from the house of Abraham with Ishmael. And she went and she was thinking she was dying. She sat down by a well. This is the same well, Beer Leheroi. And what was that, that? What happened at the well? It said that God appeared to her. God appeared to her. And it says that Isaac, he said, chose to dwell by that well. He said, that is what I want more than anything. Lot can have the cities. I want the well. I want to be in the place where that happens. I want to be in the place where the living God manifests. 
where the heavens are open and God pours out his spirit upon me. That's where I want to be. So he not, not only dug wells and went after that well, the, the, the key to all of, of Isaac's abundance was this, that he dwelt by the well. You want to live an abundant life? It's not difficult. Dwell by the well. You want to live a life where all God's promises manifest, that you know God will use you, opens doors, live by the well. Dwell by the well. The key to abundance, his abundance, was that he dwelt by the well. What is the well? It's not difficult. Jesus Christ says, John 7, 38, All who come to me, rivers of living water will flow out of his belly, because he is the source of the well. He is the well. All you need to do is stay close to him. Seek his face. Get in his presence. Don't expect abundance if you don't love the well. Don't expect abundance if you don't value the well. You may have religion. You may come to church and placate your conscience every Sunday. But if you want the blessing and the favor of God, dwell by the well. Dwell by the well. Where his living presence is, that's where I want to be. Where is your address? There. Where, you know, he never had a home, this man, like his father. He never had a home. Just lived in tents because he didn't value that stuff. He said, what I value is my father's well. Oh, but I see it. You just value your father's well. That's a word for somebody here. That well of your father put a high price on it. Go after it with all your life. It's the key to everything. I, I just feel happy today. I just feel so happy because I know I'm blessed. I was once condemned. I, there's no now condemnation for me ever. I was once an enemy of God. I'm now the friend of God. I was once in darkness, so much darkness, I now live in the light of God, and I know how to get in that light. And I know I am so blessed. I am so blessed by God. Can you say that? Can you say, I am favored by God? Do you desire, do you desire, you know, when we speak about this subject of the blessing of God, there's measures and there's degrees of blessing. How do I know that? Because the Apostle Paul, when he was coming to the Corinthians, says, I long to come to you in the fullness of the blessing. Do you want the fullness of the blessing? Yeah. Obey when you're tested. Yeah. Obey when your flesh wants to go to Egypt. It is so important that you obey. This man, if he'd gone to Egypt, we convince ourselves, I can go to Egypt and be blessed. It would have been a different story. Blessing maybe would have taken a lot longer to come by. Do you have a family altar? If you're a father, do your children see you there? They need to. 
They need to see more than church attendance and religion. They need to see someone who's hungry for God and goes after Jesus. How do you respond when people step on you? As far as possible, be at peace with all men. Let it go and let God. When they try to take your will, let them have it. Let them have it. God's got a better well for you. Got a better well. You know, he ultimately came, the third well he built. This is what happens. The third well he struck, the third time he struck water, that well he named. First, first well he called dispute. Second well he called opposition because that's what's happened. The enemy's disputing with you, opposing you when you're going after God. But if you keep going after God, the third well was called settled. And after he got to the third well settled, all his trouble stopped. He had victory. Enemies came and said, we've got to be at peace with you. We see you're mighty. We see the favor of God on you. We see God's honor. We see all along when we misunderstood you that you are the blessed of the Lord. That's where God's going to take you to. You know, he had to, he had to move from Gerard to the Valley of Gerard. Sometimes you've got to relocate and dig. But wherever he dug, he prospered. God wants to bless you. And okay, you say, I am blessed, I'm forgiven. He wants to bless you more. He is a good father. He is a good father. He is a good father and he wants to give favor to his children. Favor is not fair. It comes to people who line up with the word of God. You know, the... the the saddest, some of the saddest people I meet are not people who get into sex, drugs, and rock and roll, because sometimes they come back to God, and they are on fire for God. The saddest people I meet are often people who, they get to later in life, and they will have a confession, and they'll realize that their Christianity has never amounted to anything come to church, they use religious language, but there has been no real blessing. Haven't known the blessing of God. Blessing of God, I want to tell you, is God wants to give it to us, but it's conditional. It's, we can't just say, I'm a Christian, I'm blessed. It's like you have to be in a place where God, His presence, is the most important thing in your life. And you say, that's what I want. That's where I'm going to dwell. Nothing's going to stop me from being there. If you dwell by the well, you shall know his blessing and abundance. Just like Isaac. I feel like running around the church this morning. I just, I just feel like running around the church. I just, I just love talking about the blessing of God. I don't preach on every week, but I, I could because I've known it. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, these aren't stories about a man. These are kingdom principles. Father, these are types. He is a type of a kingdom man, a kingdom woman. And Father God, I will ask that you 
anyone here who's just in the realm of religion, you lift them out of that today. Father God, you reach in your gracious big hands and reach them out. And put them on terra firma. They can have a different walk where, Father God, they may know the blessing that comes from obedience. They may build that family altar. They may continue to sow their seed. And Father God, they may continue to turn the other cheek, to walk away from trouble. That the blessing of Abraham, the fullness of it, the fullness of it may rest upon our lives. Father God, I thank you there is a well. I thank you there is living water that we can't see but we can taste. Father God, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is able to fill my life every day with the ability to be loving and gentle and to be successful in the Christian life. And Father God, never let us depart from that well. Father God, I ask that the well that we have dug through prayer in this house, it is real and it's rich. You would deepen it. You would clean it out of all debris. Father, any well here in this house, any family well, any individual well that may be getting clogged up, Father God, we're asking this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit, that well shall be unclogged. Go after God again. Because every time you go in your secret place, you're digging that well a bit deeper. Every time you open the Word of God, you're getting your shovel out. You're getting deeper with God. Getting closer. Open up the source of blessing. Open up the fount of blessing when you seek His face. Lord, open the fount to the well wider and wider in this house that the blessing of God be so tangible let us be carriers of your favor that all the nations will say there is the one true God I see it upon that man that woman we want to serve that God let it be in Jesus name stand up stand up and say I am the blessed of the Lord I am the blessed of the Lord